I'm Sam. I'm David. And this is Trafe. Welcome back to the Trafe Podcast, to all of our regular listeners. And bienvenue, welcome to new listeners, to people who have just accidentally stumbled upon the podcast. Your mom's making you listen to it. We have a school assignment. Welcome. Lots of greetings today. Hello. Bonjour. National Hello Day. So today's episode is a little different from most of our episodes, which include a lot more of us in the studio saying nonsense. Not a lot of that today. The warning in advance. If that you are... sounded very Passover-y, David. Well, Passover is over. So if you are tuning in specifically for me and Sam saying strange things back and forth to each other, uh, go on to the next episode because you will not find it here. Or more likely the preceding one because people don't have time machines. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends when you're listening to this. Uh, today's episode is sort of an in-the-field episode where we went to the Jewish Voice for Peace national members meeting in Chicago last month. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, David, although I kind of feel like I know the answer, but I haven't been to a conference of this scale before with the kinds of politics being discussed and the kind of people that were in the room. I think it was about a thousand people who came from all over North America. Yeah, I mean, we we mentioned previously on the show, we went to the Jews for Racial and Economic Justice Porn Party in in New York a few months back. And it was also about a thousand leftist Jews just having a great party. And we were blown away. We'd never seen anything like this. And they said to us that we needed to go to the conference because it was essentially the same thing. But instead of having a party, people were having conversations. And it really, yeah, at the scale, I've never been a part of anything like this. No, me neither. And and as good radio people, we brought a recorder. And this episode is some kind of a melange of those conversations. Yeah, we just wanted to uh, share our experience of the conference as best we could through the medium of radio. It bears noting that, David, we've spent a lot of time trying to find political community and building alternative spaces, and it's by no means saying that JVP is without warts and by no means that like JVP is a perfect place, and there's weird people and weird arguments that come up just like any place, uh, but it it is really fantastic to be in a space like that where at least you're able to have a debate that is closer to the terms that you want to have the debate on, you know? Mm-hmm. So... David, do you have any other big takeaways from the JVP conference? For me, it was mostly an issue of scale, but also trying to grapple with the realities of while as leftist Jews were continuing to try to build up alternatives and feel certain victories. I think those victories were hard to to square with the realities of of what's going on in Palestine Mm. and and what's Mm. happening in America to Palestinians who who are trying to organize as well. Yeah, so this like duality of the organizing. With that being said, I think it is time to move into the sounds of the JVP segment of this episode. Mm -hmm. Do you have any objections, David? Uh, No objections. Uh, I hope you enjoy. So we are walking up the stairs right now. That is true. To the top floor of the Hyatt Regency Hotel. There is Naomi Dan. Oh, 
from Jewish Voice for Peace because we are, where are we? We are at the Jewish Voice for Peace conference. Uh, yeah, the national members meeting. I told Naomi to wait for us, so maybe we're going to go say hi. Okay. Hello, Naomi. Hello. So where are we exactly? Um, we're standing in the hallway where all the workshops are happening. And right now, I think there is a big workshop happening in the featured room that's about U.S. foreign policy. There are training the trainers, there's civil disobedience and artistic activism workshops, there's a big workshop on our new campaign, Deadly Exchanges, that's happening, um, a workshop on BDS and the labor movement, lots of different things. Um, totally unrelated, I noticed there's a bunch of police outside, do you know what's going on? Well, as you know, there's been a little bit of controversy around one of our speakers, and we're really proud to have Rosme Odea as a torture survivor who was imprisoned and forced to confess to a bombing in 1969. And so she is speaking on the last panel along with Linda Sarsour, who's a really visionary Palestinian leader, and Niall Fort, who is an amazing scholar and activist leader in the movement for black lives and they're going to be speaking um, and introduced by our rabbi Alyssa wise who's one of the deputy directors at jvp and so that's the last panel it's gotten a lot of attention because of resume's participation people have been demonizing her and been very um upset with jvp for inviting her and so we're really looking forward to hearing from her and there may be some people here who aren't here to hear from her and we don't want to have the Chicago police in our event. This is a really important space to us that we've been working very hard to build that doesn't need policing or militarized policing um, as part of our space. And so we're going to have some volunteers around to de-escalate if needed. And we really are looking forward to the conversation. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us on this busy uh, Sunday, April 2nd. It's really thrilling that you're here. We're really big fans of TRAFE. Um, hope for these conversations to continue. We are continuing to walk. We are going into the lunch quarters. Uh, there's like a Zalavan thing. Come here. There's a what? One sec. Can I can I see what my Zalaphone skills are? Sam Beck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'll be here all night. I'll be here all night. Can I ask you just some questions? Sure. I'm Evan Corey Levine. And I'm Daniel Blacksburg. And uh, were you guys both a part of the band that was playing earlier? Yeah, yeah we were, we're the co-organizers of the band. Evan and I worked together to put together a, a good mix of tunes from like across the Jewish diaspora. So not just klezmer tunes, we also had a Mizrahi tune, some Sephardic melody. I think it's a way for us to bring a really cool energy into this into this kind of event. Doing bands like this is actually something that I do pretty regularly. As I learned how to do this at places like Klez Canada. You know. Well, I feel like I've seen you before. I we've met, we've met. That's <laughs> okay. so funny. That's so so. This is an interesting thing because something's changing. I play classroom music, I do that thing, and that's the audience I kind of came of age playing like, for. Oh yeah, really old Jews who have <laughs> connections to Yiddish through their parents and grandparents. Exactly. This year has been one of the first times where I've actually been invited by people who are like my age and younger. I think something's changing, and I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I'm really interested and pretty excited about it. That's awesome. That's beautiful. 
Um, my name is Kendra. I came from Charlotte, North Carolina. And is there a JVP chapter in Charlotte? There's not in Charlotte. There is one in, um, in the Raleigh-Durham area. But this is my first involvement with JVP, and it just seemed like the best way to learn about the organization. Uh, how's it been so far? It's been very powerful. I went to the JOCSM, Jews of Colors, Fardi Mizrahi space, and that was very impactful to be to be in, you know, just to be in community with people who have similar experiences, experiences I've never encountered or thought of, but just to know that there's that mutual understanding and that um, desire to really work with one another, with people who, who understand, which as a, as a Jew of color in the South, is not, that's not always there for me. Uh, thanks so much for chatting with me. Yeah, thank you. Can, can we start by you just telling us what your name is? Uh, my name is Sydney Nestle. And you're from where? Toronto. And we, we had a slight, we, we had a short conversation earlier and you mentioned something to us. We were wondering if we could repeat it. <laughs> well, I was saying, as, you know, coming from Canada, I couldn't believe how, how, uh, how left and radical this crowd was. There's a thousand people um, and someone talks about, you know, abolition of the nation state and you get a standing ovation from a thousand people in a room and uh, a thousand Jews no less. Uh, you, you, you couldn't get a thousand Goyim in Toronto to, uh, to stand up and applaud for the abolition of the nation state and it's, you know, here in the States, it's a, it's a Yenna Welt, it's a different world, so that's what I have to say. I believe there's an interloper in our midst. Hello. Could you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm Samuel's former roommate from Montreal. Uh, we're here in Chicago. My name's Liam. Thanks for driving, Liam. My pleasure. Wait, we should say where we're going right now. We're going to the Haymarket Memorial, which is in the same cemetery as one Emma Goldman's grave. Did you do any research? Did I do any research? Yes. About what? The cemetery. Oh, no. I mean, I, I've been trying to go here for years. Like, every time I get to Chicago, I try to convince whoever I'm with to drive here. And everyone's always like, no, we have things to do. We don't want to drive an hour out of the city for no reason. And this time, my pestering seems to have paid off. And we are in a car on the way there. All right. So Liam has a hot take on Haymarket. I don't know how much of a hot take it is. I'm, I'm always a little mystified by how people receive and talk about, like, the, the Haymarket thing, whatever it is. Because we're going, we're going to, we're going to the grave, or the the, the memorial, where like the the martyrs are like their final resting place. Because it has it has a particular symbolic meaning, I think, in the radical left, definitely in the states and Canada, and probably further abroad. But I think a lot of the left is really invested in the extent to which it was a show trial. Right. Uh, but actually, at the time, there was ample evidence to suggest that these anarchists were involved in like anti-state action and that whether or not they were the bomb throwers they were working like they were organizing with an increasingly radical eight-hour day movement 
And you're actually like, no, like that, that that's kind of selling out the dude who threw the ball. Um, I would turn, oh, what street are you, we're turning on a street that has no name. Shout out to you two. Shout out to the edge. And then hopefully we'll be able to find what we're looking for. That's another U2 reference. <laughs> <laughs> it is, Liam, it's certainly a beautiful day. <laughs> oh, it's a cemetery. Is, uh, this, is this it? No, it's the other cemetery. This is it the other cemetery? No, this, no, is, this it. is it. Haymarket Martyrs Monument has been designated a National Historic Landmark. This monument represents the labor movement's struggle for workers' rights and possesses national significance in commemorating the history of the United States of America. That's weird. So wait, is, this an, is this an angel, like, forgiving or, like, consecrating the guy? Is that what it's supposed to be? So my take of what's going on is that she represents true justice and she's putting the crown of thorns there to represent that he is a martyr. I think, I think that's the thing. I'm with you. The day will come when our silence will be more powerful than the voices you are throttling today. Um, can, we, right. can we take a step two, two feet to the right? Mm -hmm. Where we have a grave of someone whose name I cannot pronounce. Voltarine de Clare. This person is a non-Jew who who's bilingual in Yiddish and became the editor of a Jewish newspaper for quite some time. Oh, just like Rudolf Rocker. She's, she's, she's like a rocker look-alike. Oh, the golden one's right there. I see it. Where is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. Liberty will not descend to a people. A people must raise themselves to liberty. Uh, I didn't say Lucy Parsons, so... Let's have a little walk around. That's important. So, the Lucy Parsons memorial is right next to the Haymarket one. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty stark contrast to the giant Haymarket one and also to the pretty schmancy Emma Goldman one. This, yeah. this is a very... It's maybe like a foot across and eight inches high. And just says Lucy Parsons, 1859 to 1942. It's tiny. It lines up with how she's remembered in movement history too, yeah. unfortunately. Racism. Well, we did it. That lady in the cemetery shop did not seem pleased about giving us directions. <laughs> I mean, they probably hate Haymarket! <laughs> they know exactly. My name is Andrea Shapiro. I'm from Chicago, but I'm currently living in Tacoma, Washington. And, and have you been a part of Jewish Voice for Peace for some time, or is it more of a recent affiliation? I've been a member for many, many years. And what drove you to come to the, to the conference? Uh, I find that especially at, at times like this, when um, we tend to become very, very demoralized, feeling very much alone, that that's the most important thing to me, to get together at one of our national meetings, which are so powerful and so empowering, and where I learn so many wonderful things, meet the most impressive people, 
and go back home really re-energized to do this work and other social justice work. And you said you were part of the group for many years. Uh, when did you first start to get involved? Um, even before Not In My Name became a national organization, um, there was an organization here in Chicago that really seemed to be putting their money where their mouths were, that were very dedicated and very militant uh, and very clear on what was important and what had to be done. Uh, and that was probably almost 20 years ago, and that organization affiliated with JVP as soon as it went national. Uh, well, thanks, thanks so much for, for talking with oh, me. Thank you. And I made the mistake by not asking you to introduce yourself. I'm Allie. I use she, her, her pronouns. I am a junior at Vassar College, uh, Jew of color, Boricua Jew. First of all, like just the biggest shout out to the Jews of Color and Sephardi Mizrahi Jews Caucus in JVP. They made Friday an amazing and beautiful experience for me. And like, there are so few times I get to bring all of myself into a space. And I was just crying all day. And it was the most beautiful thing. And this entire conference has just been bringing so many people together. It's so amazing not to feel so alone in a movement that is so like villainized and you're made to feel like. You know, at every turn, you're made to feel like you're wrong and you're a traitor and you have all these names hurled at you to be together with people who will support you in that no matter what. You, you know, you just can't beat that feeling. JVP is about Palestinian solidarity, but it is also about transforming Jewish community. That is our role here. I am committed to that two-pronged effort more than ever. Thank you so much. No problem. So we are walking through a zillion people in the conference hall. Uh, we're going, uh, where are we going into, Sam? A large room. Uh, we're going into the plenary talk that uh, Linda Sarsour and Resmi Odeh and several others are speaking at. Uh, we should probably turn this off shortly because I don't know if we can record the whole thing. Uh, but man, is there a lot of people. How's it going? It's going well. How are you, Sam? I'm good. I think that I should introduce you, Ariana Katz. Hello. I mean, first of all, the last panel. Tell me about what you are leaving that room thinking about. Um, I think the overall takeaway was um, what it felt like to be in a room full of Jews and allies rising on our feet or rising in spirit for, uh, particularly for Razmia Oday, who was persecuted and targeted and tortured by Israelis, and for a room full of Jews and allies to be honoring her and honoring the work that she's done in this country and what has happened to her at the hands of Israelis and to boil it down at the hands of Jews, um, the energy in the room was really significant. Um, to watch her cry and for us all to know what it meant for her to be speaking months before she would be exiled from this country, a secondary exile, another brutal exile from a place that could have been home and sanctuary. I think it took a lot of, it was very generous for Razmia and Linda and Niall to speak in front of this room and to say the kind things they did about the organizing that JVP does. I'm really just moved by the presence of, of simple applause for Palestinian women who have sacrificed so much and for Jews to be, to be honoring them. That's the big takeaway. Trafe Podcast is Sam Bick and David Zinman. 
a huge thanks to CKUT 90.3 FM, where we record this podcast under the shadow of the giant cross of secularism on occupied Kanegahaga territory. Thanks to Sax Syndrome and So Called for the music you heard in this episode. Thanks also to Claire Hertig, our Minister of Design, to Kira Pays, our social media consultant, to C. Lavery for poster design, to Kenan O'Neill for designing TrafePodcast.com, and to Ariana Katz, the Traf staff rabbi. We would also like to extend a mega huge thanks to Naomi Dan from JVP, who handles media and communication stuff, who really hooked us up and helped us throughout the course of the JVP conference, and is just generally an all-around fantastic person. If you have any hate mail or comments and suggestions that are less hateful, uh, please send them to trafepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at traif, T-R-E-Y-F. Dot com. There's no dot com. It's for the website. (laughs) See you soon. We're riding.